to Mr. Schmaltz about the great outdoors. He would send the first snapshot anybody took of him. There was a silence, Fanning ate two or three spoonfuls of egg, perfectly boiled for once. But still, what a relief that Colin was going away. After all, he reflected, there's a great deal to be said for a friend who has a house in Rome and who invites you to stay, even when he isn't there. To such a man, much must be forgiven even his infernal habit of being a woodpecker. He opened another envelope and began to read. Possessive and preoccupied, like an anxious mother, Judd watched him. With all his talents and intelligence, Miles wasn't fit to face the world alone. Judd had told him so, peck, peck, again and again. You're a child, he had said it a thousand times. You ought to have somebody to look after you. But if anyone other than himself offered to do it, how bitterly jealous and resentful he became. And the trouble was that there were always so many applicants for the post of Fanning's bear leader. Foolish men, or worse and more frequently, foolish women, attracted to him by his reputation and then conquered by his charm. Judd hated and professed to be loftily contemptuous of them. And the more Fanning liked his admiring bear leaders, the loftier Judd's contempt became. For that was the bitter and unforgivable thing. Fanning manifestly preferred their bear leading to Judd's. They flattered the bear, they caressed and even worshipped him. And the bear, of course, was charming to them, until such time as he growled or bit, or more often quietly slunk away. Then they were surprised, they were pained. Because, as Judd would say with a grim satisfaction, they didn't know what Fanning was really like. Whereas he did know, and had known since they were schoolboys together, nearly forty years before. Therefore, he had a right to like him. A right, and, at the same time, a duty to tell him all the reasons why he ought not to like him. Fanning didn't much enjoy listening to these reasons. He preferred to go where the bear was a sacred animal. With that air, which seemed so natural on his grey, sharp face, of being dispassionately impersonal, You're afraid of healthy criticism, Judd would tell him. You always were, even as a boy. He's Jehovah, Fanning would complain. Life with Judd is one long Old Testament. Being one of the chosen people must have been bad enough, but to be the chosen person in the singular, that he would shake his head terrible. And yet he had never seriously quarreled with Colin Judd. Active unpleasantness was something which Fanning avoided as much as possible. He had never even made any determined attempt to fade out of Judd's existence, as he had faded, at one time or another, out of the existence of so many once intimate bear leaders. The habit of their intimacy was of too long standing, and, besides, old Colin was so useful, so bottomlessly reliable. So Judd remained for him the oldest friend whom one definitely dislikes. While for Judd, he was the oldest friend whom one adores and at the same time hates for not adoring back. The oldest friend whom one never sees enough of, but whom, when he is there, one finds insufferably exasperating. The oldest friend whom, in spite of all one's efforts, one is always getting on the nerves of. If only... Judd was thinking he could have faith. The Catholic Church was there to help him. Judd himself was a convert of more than twenty years' standing. But the trouble was that Fanning didn't want to be helped by the Church. 
he could only see the comic side of Judd's religion. Judd was reserving his missionary efforts till his friend should be old or ill. But if only, meanwhile, if only by some miracle of grace, so thought the good Catholic. But it was the jealous friend who felt and who obscurely schemed. Converted, Miles Fanning would be separated from his other friends and brought, Judd realized, nearer to himself. Watching him as he read his letter, Judd noticed all at once that Fanning's lips were twitching involuntarily into a smile. They were full lips, well-cut, sensitive, and sensual. His smiles were a little crooked. A dark fury suddenly fell on Colin Judd. "'Telling me that you'd like to get no letters?' he said with an icy vehemence. "'When you sit there grinning to yourself over some silly woman's flatteries!' Amazed, amused, but what an hour.